0: Hey, it's Lynn. Thanks for coming. It's kind of like having a friend over. I hope you really like all the podcasts. It's fun doing them. And it's really cool talking about God and sharing how I feel about him. So enjoy. The seed is the word of God. Christ is the sower. All who come to him will live forever. from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. On another occasion, Jesus began to teach by the sea. A very large crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat on the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on land. And he taught them at length in parables. And in the course of his instruction, he said to them, hear this a sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seed fell on the path and the birds came and ate it up other seed fell on rocky ground where it had little soil it sprang up at once because the soil was not deep and when the sun rose it was scorched and it withered for lack of roots some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and it produced no grain. And some seed fell on rich soil, and produced fruit. It came up, and grew, and yielded thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. He added, Whoever has ears, to hear ought to hear. And when he was alone, those present along with the twelve questioned him about the parables. He answered them, The mystery of the kingdom of God has been granted to you, but to those outside everything comes in parables, so that they may look and see, but not perceive, and hear and listen, but not understand, in order that they may not be converted and be forgiven. Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word, These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear, Satan comes at once and takes away the word sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground who, when they hear the word, receive it at once with joy. But they have no roots. They last only for a time. Then when tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Those sown among thorns are another sort. They are the people who hear the word, but worldly anxiety, the lure of riches, and the craving for other things intrude and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But those sown on rich soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 and 60 and 100 fold. Gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Lynn, could you expound upon the idea of seed, the word of God falling on different conditions of ground? Yeah, what an amazing, awesome reading that was today. Um, that was uh, from Mark 4, verses 1 to 20, in case people that are listening wanna crack open that Bible <laughs> and uh, find it. Uh, the reason I'm laughing, everybody, is, is Julie and I were talking on the break about um, the various conditions of our Bible. Let's just start with that. Okay, like, where is it <laughs> in your house? <laughs> I have to I have to smile because we had a Bible in my house growing up. One of those uh 2-inch thick heavy heavy ones that has the spots in it where you can write in your family, you know, legacy, baptisms, christenings, the different sacraments. That's what a Catholic Bible's got spaces in it for. When did you get your baptism and your communion and all that? And uh I, honestly, I don't even know where my parents got that Bible because <laughs> if it was gifted to them or what but it was it was always in the in the living room like on a on an end table but not on the end table it was like on the low shelf of the end table behind the pictures of the family and no one ever no one ever took that that thing off the shelf it was on that bottom shelf it's interesting though it was a presence there I think I always acknowledged that it was there I don't know if anybody else did or when it got there but it was always there that I could remember Um but we didn't take it out and read this as a family that was not that was not our tradition when I was that age so i do remember the first time i ever took it out like out of just sheer curiosity during it would it would have been during lent so for catholics lent begins at ash wednesday which is normally around february of the year and ash wednesday is where we begin a 40 day observation of the last the last weeks in the life of Christ where he was on his journey to Jerusalem and wound up having the Palm Sunday where he comes in to Jerusalem and by that time enough people had met him and been cured and the rumors he was like a rock star coming into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey and with them throwing palm branches down and love, love, love Jesus. And um, in our Lenten experience, we celebrate and observe everything that happened from that moment on. He went into the temple preaching and teaching and then wound up getting, quote-unquote, getting in trouble with the Pharisees and scribes there on up to the night of the Last Supper, and then going out into the Garden of Gethsemane after the Last Supper, being coming arrested, the trial in front of the High Priest of the Jews, and then being handed over to Pontius Pilate, scourging, crowning of thorns, and then the crucifixion, through his resur- through his burial, and then the resurrection. So our forty days of Lent are observing all of those all of those happenings in the life of Christ. So during that time, I think I. It was probably in either my high school or my college age uh, where I began to get more curious about those events. And we would always watch this movie, or it would come on TV at the time, called Jesus of Nazareth. And it was the Franco Zeffirelli version. So it was a miniseries because it was a six-hour-long uh, portrayal of Jesus from birth to resurrection. Anyway, it would come on, and, but the thing is they would show you an hour a night. Okay, and so you would have a little snippet of Jesus's life for that hour a night. And then you'd have to wait until the next week to see the next hour. And it was such a great cliffhanger. But I believe that's what got me really like thirsty for, well, I, wanna, I want the story to continue. I want to really get in this. And they stopped it tonight. So I think I got the Bible out and, and page two that part in the Bible where it was left off in the um, movie because I just really wanted to be in the passion for that. The passion is our term for the last days of Christ his passion. So maybe the first time that Bible was ever taken off that shelf and I brought it up in my room with me and I remember just just taking a couple of um, sentences out of that and I could just I remember in the presence, the quiet of my own room I could feel that the power of the words of the scripture, think that's what Jesus was talking about today with the different types of ground. Okay. The um we tend to look at that scripture and go, well, I'm the good ground. So, you know, those poor schmucks out there that <laughs> don't give Jesus the time of day. Thank God I'm not like them. Or one of the Pharisees that would say exactly that. Okay. So we tend to think oh we're we're this we're not that or okay maybe I'm the isn't it funny we're we're like trying to picture am I the am I a seed on in thorns am I a seed on the path am I the seed in the and friends we at every point in our lives are either the seed in the middle of the path that gets trampled depending upon where you are in your life situation right now and your friends if they're people that love God or not and or you're the seed that's among them, you're you've got a little bit of God and you got some curiosity, but your friends or your situation or your busyness, whatever, is sort of choking out your time with God. Or you're the one in the in the good ground. Or in one day you could be the person in the good ground, but something happens. I don't think we need to get super literal about where are we on that, which which seed are we? I think what we should really be concerned about is doing our best to be the last one as much as we possibly can. And that means that we need to get some sort of a regular, protected, sacred time in our day Our day, I don't mean our life, because if I go that general, then it'll be a, well, I did that really cool thing once, and I went on that one retreat, but then I didn't break open the word or get with God for another week, couple weeks or months after that. Well, this means that we need to get on a very special and very sacred and very daily time. It's funny, I'm thinking about a song by a woman named Sarah Groves. And it's called, well, not called, I don't know what exactly it's called, but it's something like The Word. And she says, um, talking about, while I'm trying to help myself, my Bible sits upon the shelf with every promise I could ever need. And the Word was, and the Word is, and the Word will be. The Word was, and the Word is, and the Word will be. Here it is with everything that we need, all the promises we need that life will work out, all of the protection we need against our enemy Satan and all of his temptations and distractions and frustrations. Everything we need right there in the Word. And I think I was getting at that a little bit ago when I said I brought that Bible upstairs. And isn't everything symbolic, guys? It went from, you know, downstairs somewhere unimportant to upstairs right into my room closed the door behind me, took it right into my heart. It's it's symbolic. So I remember sitting, reading about the passion and just starting to really picture it and started really getting into it. Now, granted, I have a good imagination, but, you know, it doesn't take much. The words about Jesus's passion are so... there's The imagery is so in your face that just read the actual words. And if you want one, Mark, like we read today was from Mark, Mark was the Bible that was written, the Bible, it was the gospel that was written by the only eyewitness. So if you want specific details and want to really place yourself in the scene, read read the Passion of Jesus from Mark. So page to the part in Mark where you start to see parts about the trial and the scourging and you'll feel like you were there. So anyway, just remember picturing it and just sobbing starting to cry and sob and you know what god wants you to feel that emotion and that passion for him about him because you're beginning a true relationship putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and who's better to start off with than jesus himself in his most amazing and horrifying and wonderful life and time of his life I wanna talk about my daily prayer time and how that started and how it changed my life. In a very practical way, by the time I was in my 20s, I was still searching for relationship. I was still searching for the real true job that would bring in good income, very practical things. I had a lot of really practical things on my mind at the time and I can't even remember now how many more things besides that day-to-day things. But anyway, I do remember in my 20s waking up and immediately all these thoughts would start just coming at me like a team of horses just running at you and you haven't even had a chance to to breathe yet, but you're awake and these thoughts and these everything's coming. And someone said at some time, that I listened to some radio program, probably. At that moment, just, first of all, take that breath. Good morning, God. Good morning, God. Acknowledge God's presence, the fact that he's woken you for another day of life. You have woken up. That's a really great reason to praise him. (laughs) I've woken up, okay? I've woken up to this life that he's he's given me. Granted, these thoughts have already rushed at me, but it's my life. It's my thoughts. It's... It's a gift from God, so we acknowledge the gift. First thing in the morning, thank you, God. I'm acknowledging you and your beautiful life you've given me. Now get up out of bed, and before you check the iPhone, before you go on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, before you turn on the television or anything else, walk yourself over to your prayer space. Sit down, get that devotional book, pick it up, open to that day, and see what he says. Even if it's one verse of scripture, one verse, open it up and read that verse for the day. I have loved you with an everlasting love. That just is, That's what it came to me just now, folks. I didn't pre-read this. Or, I have loved you. We have a song. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have called you and you are mine. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have called you and you are mine. See the face of the Lord. And long for him he will bring you his life and his love all right so can we start with a verse or can we start with a scripture can we start with a, a quick little song I don't know a song okay take that one <laughs> I don't know put on the, the Christian radio station wherever you live I don't know where that is I don't even know if we have one okay Find out which number it is and just put it on, right? Or find a performer who you like and just play their thing on your phone, whatever. Start with something that opens up your heart and your mind, your soul to God. It doesn't have to be longer than that just was. But friends, he will take it from there. That is all. Then what do I do? That is all. What if it's 10 minutes long? Well, you know what? Your mind and your soul have just been set and placed in his hands for the day. But any good devotional usually has that scripture verse. And then it has a little bit of a reflection you can ponder from that. So I'm back to my own testimonial here. That was in my probably late 20s when I first started doing that. I went from somebody that went to Mass once a week and loved God and certainly prayed to someone who had a daily morning prayer time. Um, it was not negotiable. Whatever else I had to do for that day, I just got up a little earlier to do this first, but I got up physically out of bed and walked into that prayer space. What did the prayer space look like? Friends, it was a coffee table in front of a couch with a Bible and a devotional on it and a candle. It does not need to be more fancy than that, but why is it important to have that separate space? Because you have a separate space for everything else that you do you have a separate space where we you know get clean for the day our bathroom we have a separate space where we eat our kitchen we have a separate space where we do our laundry our laundry room most likely something that looks like that so why wouldn't you have a separate space for where you start your morning start your day and talk to God it's your own separate sacred space I think there's something that happens when we physically change our space from where we sleep or eat Otherwise we'd have it all in one room it's proper it's it's necessary and this is as necessary because this is the way you're gonna the whole rest of your day is gonna go so but it can be a corner of your room my point is just put something out there that reminds you that this is who you are now this is what you stand for this is your your first identity is going over to that prayer space this is who you are now and you know we physically put reminders of everything else if you want to lose weight we put pictures of people that are inspiring to us Um, if you want to start cooking a certain way you buy the cookbook and you stick it on your or you at least print out recipe you know what I'm saying we physically have reminders and things in different places in our house of who we want to be this is who you want to be so we have it out so I would get up from my bed and go into my prayer space and I would I would do this each day well if you want testimonial you should talk to the people that knew me before I started doing this and the people who still knew me after I was doing this and they started telling me Lynn you are what has changed there's something about you that's different you are so much calmer now you're so much happier now you're so much more at peace now And I could, the neat thing was the only thing I had changed was getting up physically out of that bed and going to that prayer space and giving God the first few minutes of my day. But it affected the whole rest of my life, my personality, my stress level. And friends from there grew this much, much deeper person. And I would invite you to try and do the same. I hope you enjoyed this episode about the power of a daily prayer time, especially the part about digging into the word of God. Can I propose a challenge, friends? I challenge you to try getting up and giving God the first 10 minutes of your day for one week and see if over the course of that week, you don't feel more peaceful, more centered, more calm in the rest of your day. I recommend for focus, during your daily prayer time, getting a devotional. A devotional is simply a book with a Bible verse for the day, a reflection, and maybe some space for you to write your thoughts. If it doesn't have that, get a cool journal that you like for recording your inspirations. Friends, I can't tell you how many times I started writing my own thoughts and then realized that what was coming out wasn't from me, but from the Lord answering me. That's the power of journaling during your prayer time. But start simple, just 10 minutes in the morning, giving God the first few moments of your day. I have a sign in my prayer space from Lisa Brennickmeyer that reads, Giving God the first minutes of your day will pay dividends later. I promise you he will multiply your time. You'll get more done and have a peaceful heart while doing it. Well, I can't say it any better than that. I keep that sign in my prayer space because it is a promise to me that God's got this. Especially on those days where I have a lot to do, I can testify to the fact that when I have exercised a little faith by giving God my precious first moments, that I really did get more done with a peaceful heart. I'll leave you with a few famous quotes about praying. Choose your favorite. Martin Luther once said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. St. Francis de Sales said, Every one of us needs a half an hour of prayer every day, except when we're busy, then we need an hour. Finally, Wanda E. Brunstetter said, If you are too busy to pray, you are busier than God wants you to be. Hmm... My personal experience is that God gives you just enough time in the day to do the things he has actually asked you to do. So if you're too busy, maybe taking those few moments in prayer time to ask him what he wants you to do that day would help. Just a thought. God bless you today, my friends. Thanks for listening to Secret Peacock. This is Lynn Bernosky kilbride and I hope that today's podcast inspired you to live your fullest life. Feel free to email me at lynn1013 at cs.com with ideas and topics you'd like to hear me cover on the show. That's lynn1013 at cs.com Visit my website at sacredspacesgroup.com for even more inspiration. My YouTube channels are Sacred Spaces Group or Lynn Kilbride. And lastly, find all my books, including my latest, Tales of the Secret Peacock, on Amazon. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you.